Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. So tonight we're going to speak about encountering the cross. The cross is a place of hope. A cross is not just an emblem that you hang around your neck. It's a place of hope. When you come to the cross, the power of the cross has the power to change your life. And that's what happened to us in 1980 when we received the power of the cross. I'm telling you, some people just think this is hocus pocus. But if you receive the power of the risen Lord in your life, your life will change radically. Your, ch- your life will change radically. I'm not saying that you'll never have problems in your life because the Bible promises uh, that in this life you will have trouble, but he says, be of good cheer for I have overcome the troubles. Amen? So we have to get to that place of understanding that life in him is far better than life outside of him. So when Christ when Jesus came into the world, he, in Matthew 4, 16 and 17, it says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region, uh, who sat in the region and shadow of death, so the people at that time, they were under the oppressor. They were under the Romans. And the Romans were oppressing them. The Israelites were oppressed everywhere they they went. They're still being oppressed. Uh, So they lived under the shadow of death. But when Jesus came, light, the Bible says, light has dawned from the time that Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So light speaks of hope. When the light came, hope came. And hope came to all those people that were being oppressed from the enemy. You know, in countries of the world, in Myanmar, in in China, in different places, people don't have Bibles. They have one scripture. And when they get together, everybody uh, has memorized a scripture. And they're able, that scripture is life to those. It doesn't matter what a pressure is around, they, are still, they still have life because they have hope. You can't, we, we came to bring a message, the message God gave us would come with a message of faith, hope, and love. That's our, that was a message God sent us to Scotland with in 1987. And, and that's the message that we've kept to all these years. A message of faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love will change your life completely. So the people were under the region of shadow of, uh, and shadow of death, but light has dawned. Light had dawned on Good Friday. Light dawned the time Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the first, the first thing he said when he came out of the wilderness is repent. Sometimes we just have to say, I'm sorry for all the things I've done. And we get on with our life. So let's talk about hope. 
Light speaks of hope, speaks of change, it speaks of a new day. Today can be a new day in your life. So when we talk about hope, those of, those of us who have had an encounter with Jesus know that light came into our lives. <clears throat> My wife knows that. My family knows that because what I was, uh, I, it was like I walked about with a dark cloud on me, but when, when I came to Jesus, light came into my life. I changed completely from the inside out. <clears throat> you say, how did that happen? Well, the spirit of life came into me and quickened my mortal body, quickened my mind, quickened everything about me. You all hearing what I'm saying here? So uh, people who encounter Jesus through the cross, people who come face to face with Jesus, they experience something you would, you also would experience something if you come to that face-to-face -face realization of who Jesus is. He's a real person. You know, I've traveled for years and planes and everything and met many people on planes when you're sitting beside someone <clears throat> and they want to talk and, and you start talking to them, whether they're, whether they're Islamic or whatever they are, they, they want, what do you do? I'm a minister. Oh, what denomination? No, we're not a denomination. We're Bible-believing Christians. Oh, what does that mean? And, and it goes on. And, and then they want to get into a debate with you. I never debate. I says, if you want to know the truth, ask Jesus into your life and he will reveal the truth to you. That's how easy it is to ask someone to come to the, the, the church, ask someone to come to the, into the body of Christ, to say, ask Jesus to come into your life. That's what I did. I did it in a drunken stupor one night, but nonetheless, I was serious when I did it. And, and a couple of months later, he did. Are you with me? I wasn't born peaceful and beautiful like this. I've grown into it. And, and in Christ, we grow into what he has got for us. So let's look at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The symbolism of the cross is that which brings us face, uh, to a face-to-face -face encounter which brings hope into our lives. Hope is so important for our lives. I want to tell you, if the governments of this world would eradicate anything in your life, it would be hope. It would be hope. There's so many things happening. The prices are going up. People are saying, I can't make ends meet. I don't know how I'll get to the end of the month. I don't know how I'll get to my next social security check. I don't know how we'll make it. They lost hope. Jesus came to a world full of despair, full of hopelessness, a world filled with pain. His coming, his coming marks the coming of hope. He came to pay the ultimate price, dying on the cross. History tells us that the death on the cross was a gruesome situation. Uh, this last week, my wife and I watched the Passion of Christ uh, by Mel Gibson. It's really gruesome, uh, but the, the, the depiction of it is not as gruesome as it actually was in real life. Are you with me? 
And, and then uh, uh, the night after that, we watched another phenomenal movie called Risen. And it's about the, 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 the Roman soldier that was there to witness the death of Christ who was so affected by it that he got hope in his life and he, he walked away from being a centurion. And you don't walk away from Rome. They tried to come and kill him, but it's a great movie. If you want to see it, it's a great movie. You'd love it. Uh, so when, when, when a convict was sentenced, he would literally convulse into spasms of fear, which would temporarily paralyze him because they knew how, how heinous the crucifixion was. Are you with me? It was so bad that it, the fear uh, ju just took all the strength from them. Uh, so they knew that the long walk that they would have to go through the city carrying their cross through the gates of the city with that hill of Golgotha before them, they were anticipating the pain that they would encounter at the end of that journey. But there was a reason for their walk on that road. The reason was, the historians tell us, that if there was someone that knew of that person's innocence on the way, they could come and say, hey, I know for a fact that uh, J.K. wasn't there on that night when he was accused. He was somewhere else. And then they would, if his, if his, if his, person that came and said that was verifiable, then the guy was set free. But when Jesus was condemned, no one came. A few days earlier, everyone was shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us now, save us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. But when after, he's after he was convicted, no one came. No one came. No one came. Not even his disciples. They didn't even come with him because they were so afraid. No one came. Isaiah 53, 7 says, and we sang it just now, he who was oppressed, or in that movie clip, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers. He's silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus wasn't paralyzed with fear. He didn't fight back. He didn't resist. Why? The Bible says he could have called on multitudes of angels, but didn't because he willfully went to the cross for you. He willfully went to the cross for you. He willfully went to the cross as a sheep being led to the slaughter because he came into the world to pay the ultimate price of dying on the cross. The Lord Jesus became the ultimate symbol of hope and symbol of life. For those of us who have encountered the cross, we know how much hope it brings into our life. Life without hope 
our world would disintegrate if we lived in a, li a life without hope. One of the reasons we moved away from this country, we didn't know at the time that Jesus was leading us away, uh, <clears throat> but we didn't have hope for the future. Everyone that we met in the streets in, in 1974, 1975 said, oh, I would never bring Wayne's up in this country. There's nothing for them. Uh, you really, there's nothing here. Son, there's nothing here. And, and uh, that line round the brute, you remember? No, none of you will. Uh, <laughs> there used to be a line round the brew for people waiting for their brew money. Uh, and, and, you know, it was like, uh, they would tell you there's nothing here, and then they would, you could see the evidence of there being nothing there. So, and at that time, they were closing factories down, they were closing car manufacturers down, the shipyards were having trouble, all of that, so we immigrated. But without hope, <clears throat> people totally go astray. Without hope, our dreams drown in the, the, the sea of discontent. Without hope, there is no way we could rise from uh, pandemics, no ways we could rise from disasters in this world, no ways that we could uh, rise from the loss of a loved one. There's no way we could go on without hope. Without hope, we can't correct ourselves from things which have gone wrong. Hope is a huge element in our lives. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13, verse 12 in the New King James Bible. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. When you're God wants us all to have a desire. You say, how do I get a desire? He says, if you delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires to desire. You say, well, I don't have a desire. Well, delight yourself in the Lord and your desire will be fulfilled. He'll give you the desire to desire. Not your neighbor and say he's talking to you now. <clears throat> you came here tonight to get that answered. Uh, Proverbs 13, 12 from the New Living Testament says this. Hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. A dream fulfilled is a tree of life. For your dreams to be fulfilled. How many of you got a dream? You lift your hand, look and, oh, some of you don't have a dream. Put your hand up. If you, if you don't have a dream, well, by the time you leave here, you're going to have a dream. <laughs> you say, well, I had a dream once, but it, it got busted. Uh, I got a dream. I had a dream once, but something happened in my life. And I thought, well, that's hopeless. I'm never going to. I'm never going to get what I was dreaming about. No, you, you got hope. If you, you'll have a dream, and the dream will be fulfilled because you have a dream. Hope brings dreams into your life and brings them into fulfillment. Hope deferred makes... So after COVID and dealing with people, there's a sense of people becoming filled with hopelessness. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed it in the streets, the people you talk to, the people that are, are, are in, they, they just don't have a sense of hope anymore. We, it's, it's our job to revitalize people's hope. So 
Many young people are suffering from anxiety. They're suffering from fear. They're suffering from poor self-worth. They're suffering from poor self-image. They're turning to addictions. These young people are consigned to the fact, well, we're going to die anyway, so what does it matter? That's why suicides are on the rise. Because they don't have hope. We, hope is so critical in our lives. Psychiatrists and psychologists will say, oh, it's a coping mechanism that these addictions are they're, they're, they're doing it so they can cope with life. To take away the pain because they feel so depressed on the inside and think that they're, they are in when they're like that, they're in an altered state of consciousness. So if they get high on some sort of addiction, they, won't, they don't need to face up to the realities of life. And their life is wasted because they've no hope. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying tonight? So we don't always have answers for all the stuff that's going on through our lives. We don't always have the answers. Stuff happens. And many of you know stuff happens. And it's difficult. This is why we need something to hold on to. Proverbs 13, 12 again, in the message translation says this. Unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick. As sometimes in your life, I remember before we came to Christ, it was like unrelenting disappointment. There was things happening. At what, one of the Waynes was sick or we didn't have money or we had an accident or something with burst pipes or something happened. It was like unrelenting. I, I, I wanted a job out of the job I was in. I got fired uh, and all sorts of things. You know, it was just unrelenting disappointment. How many of you have ever felt that you're going through a season with unrelenting disappointment? It, it didn't look, you, you know, if you saw a light at the end of a tunnel, it was a train coming towards you. <laughs> so you didn't have any good thought. So it says unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick. But a sudden good break can turn life all around. A sudden good break. But I want to tell you, when we came to Christ, we had sudden good breaks. Amen. We had sudden good breaks. We are where we are today because of all the sudden good breaks. God will do things suddenly in your life so that you can get to the place he wants you to go. He didn't bring, birth you into this earth so that you would just use up valuable oxygen and, and, and cause problems for the Green Party. No. He brought, he brought you to be useful. Amen. So, it's, it's, when it seems as though you, every dream gets crushed and you seem to just move from one thing to the next. Sometimes it looks as though something good is happening, then something else comes along. And again, disappointment. What does it do to you? It leaves your heart sick. But a sudden good break can turn that all around. Please, please don't lose hope. I lost my mum in February. We buried my mum. And you may also have just lost a loved one over recently or whenever because 
you don't get over things. You, you mourn. and, and uh, it's, My mum's passing is still fresh in my mind. It's still fresh in my spirit. But I have hope. She, I know that from the moment she departed earth, she went straight to heaven. Uh, my, I was speaking to someone last night, a nurse, and she says, I was there at the moment your nurse, your mum died. I, I, was, I was with her for the day before and all that day before she passed, but I missed the time she passed. But the nurse said she was so peaceful when she passed. Peaceful people just passed straight into victory. Amen. So the hope of Jesus Christ will strengthen you because he came to bring you hope. The Bible definition of hope is not empty hope. It's not an empty wish. Hope uh, from the Bible definition. Do you want to know what the Bible definition? Tell me. Say, if you want to know what the Bible definition say, tell us, tell us. Tell us. No, I'll don't. <laughs> don't it. it's, uh, the Bible definition is favorable expectation. The Bible definition of hope is favorable expectation. So God, through the death of his son Jesus, plants in you favorable expectation. Expect something good to happen. Don't expect something bad to happen. It's like, oh, we're planning to go on holiday in June, but you know, the Wayne always gets sick just before we go on holiday, you know. Or, or, or something will happen just before we go. That's not favorable expectation. Uh, You've you got to say what you expect. Amen. We're going on holiday. Everything will be good. I remember one time we were going on holiday and one of my sons, no names, uh, jumped, <laughs> jumped off a roof and sprained his ankle. Oh, remember? Yeah. We won't mention that, uh, but it wasn't a good expectation, I'll tell you, but we still went on holiday. But hope is the foundation and basis for our faith, so let's look at that. Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I'm kind of drawn to a close. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it's faith shows the reality. <clears throat> so we're talking about faith, hope, and love, uh, and the greatest of these is love, but hope is so necessary in our life. Faith shows, this is the NLT, the reality of what we hope for. So faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It, it is the evidence of things we cannot see. The Woost translation of that says, faith is the title deed. So when, when we have our, uh, our dream. And then we believe we have, that, uh, we have that favorable expectation that that dream will come to pass. Then we can add our faith. Uh, we, our faith grows strong in that dream because of the hope that we have brings our faith into reality. And faith is the title deed. Uh, if you buy a house, you get the title deed. It's yours. So faith is our title deed that what God promised is, uh, promises you is a yes and amen. amen. You will get what God promises you when you believe in faith, uh, which is the evidence of things you cannot see. So you dream it, 
and, and you ask God for it and he gives you the hope to stand strong until it comes into your life. So our hope is based on relationship. Anybody getting anything from this tonight? Our hope is based on relationship with God. For us to be able to operate in faith, we must have hope It's the basis of our faith. Hope is the foundation of our faith because it is God who gives us that which we are hoping for. It's God that gives us that which we are hoping for. Amen? If I was to do a straw poll tonight and come round everybody and give you a piece of paper and say, write down there what you're hoping for. How many of you would have, have something right now that you could write down succinctly and say, that's what I'm hoping for? You've got to have it right on the cusp, right on the cusp, right in the frontal lobe of your mind. That's what I'm hoping for. That's my end. That's my purpose. That's where I'm going in life. I will not be derailed. I will finish my race. I'll finish. I'll end up and fulfill the purpose that I'm on earth for. Amen. So, a few pointers in hope. Hope, number one, hope moves us forward. Why? Christian hope is a a realistic expectation. We're talking about a future, a good future, because of a reliable God that we trust in. Amen. We have a reliable God. We have a God that will never fail us. We have a God that will never leave us. He sent his spirit to dwell with us forever. So God is reliable. Uh, We trust in God who's always able to intervene. God is who is always there to help us. Where we are today, but from where we are today, but where we're looking forward to the future, a future which is better than the past we come from. How many of you, you don't want to stay in the past where you came from? No ways. I mean, I'd still be rolling out that, well, I probably wouldn't have lived this long, number one. Uh, But that's the situation. Uh, So I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back a day, never mind uh, 40 years or 50 years. Uh, So we're looking forward to the future, a future which is better than the past. And sometimes it may be that we made the wrong decisions, and many of them made wrong decisions. So what hope does, it deletes those regrets and simply underlines our expectations. Who hasn't made wrong decisions? Put your hand up if you haven't made wrong decisions. I'm glad nobody put their hand up. So number two, hope energizes the present. Hope energizes the present. Hope gives you energy. You'll be like the energizer bunny when you've got hope. Why? Because I know that tomorrow will be brighter. Today might not work out as we wish, but thank God he gives us tomorrow. Thank God that there's always another day, a nochadach. God gives us a chance to reboot If it's another day, another week, another year, whatever it is, he gives us a chance to reboot. Amen. Number three, hope lightens up our darkness. Why? Because 
what hope does, it doesn't deny the reality of pain. It doesn't deny the reality of pain we're in or the darkness we're in, the challenges we're in. However, it shines a light on the before us so that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and your darkness becomes a little lighter and you can, you, at least you can do is take one more step. No matter how you feel, no matter what's happening, take another step. That next step can be the step. You've heard the old adage, a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. You've got to take the first step. Amen? You've got to get... So hope becomes, number four, hope becomes the bedrock of our faith. We need to keep hope alive. We should be... I don't want to go ahead of myself. No, number five. I'm, I'm not going too far ahead of myself. Hope is infectious. That's why the preaching of the gospel is so important. The preaching of the gospel brings motivation. The gospel is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's called the good news of the, the gospel. It brings motivation. It will motivate you. It will cause an atmosphere of hope. How many of you got more hope than you had when you come in? Hope is infectious. Imagine me coming here tonight and saying, I want to tell you about hope, you know. Hope will really change your life. I'm really telling you. It will make a big difference in your life. <laughs> no, it's infectious. Uh, you, you need someone that's infected with hope that's going to change your life. Amen. You don't want to go to a dead place full of dead uh, vibes. No, you want to come to an atmosphere of hope. Come together as we come together as a church. And everybody should go out of here with this message and say, Hey, you missed such a great message. Woo! I'm telling you, you'd be full of it if you were... So anyway, so the Word of God, uh, you see, it creates an atmosphere. You can create your own atmosphere by making declarations. I'm a hope-filled person. I'm making declarations of uh, expectation of this is what's going to happen in our lives. So for the Word of God, is a, the Bible says this in Hebrews 4, for the Word of God is alive and it's powerful. So when you're hearing the word of God, it should be alive. Something should be happening in you. It should be like inside you, you're bouncing. It's like, oh, that's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And you're just really getting into it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not making you feel bad. It's making you feel good. Hallelujah. So, uh, so the word carries sustenance and causes people to increase and numbers in the atmosphere become supercharged with hope. That's what a church is. It should be hope-filled. Number six, hope brings healings. Hope, hope brings healings. Sometimes if people don't know that, they may not get better. I've been in many, many, many hospitals with many, many people, and... Uh, the, the main thing when I go there is to stimulate hope in the person, stimulate hope for the future. I, you know, I've got testimony after testimony I could tell you of where people had hope for the future. 
you just got to see yourself healed and whole in Jesus' name. Number seven, hope is practical. It means you don't just sit there and do nothing. Remember, in Bible, hope is a favorable, ex Bible terms, hope's a favorable expectation. When we put our hope in God and hope in God's word, it tells us what to do. God gives us the instructions and the actions which we need to take because I hope things will because I hope things will change. I take these steps so that there is actual change and transformation in my life. We've got to take the step towards that which we're hoping for. Number eight, hope stabilizes us in the storm. It's like the anchor of our faith. We throw out the anchor when we're sailing in rough seas. Uh, in the rough seas of life and we're being tossed to and fro moving from one crisis to another I tell you my wife and I have used that anchor lots of times uh, and one thing uh, God will take you through those storms uh, be hope filled what strikes me is the gospel was written in, in in an atmosphere of hope. It was written by men that were being imprisoned, men that were being persecuted, men that were staring faith, uh, death in the face every day. The apostles were hunted down. They were crucified. They all sorts of things. These are the people that wrote the Bible. These are the people that wrote in hope for the future. Amen? So the this, these things were, and it's because of the cause of Jesus Christ that becomes our hope. So we're going to finish with this. The cross of Jesus is our hope. Why? Through the cross, there is forgiveness of sin. No one can deal with the sin problem except God and the cross of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.